And so here we are, day four, 30-day spirit challenge. And what are we challenging ourselves to exactly? As we said yesterday, that we haven't already been challenged by in the last 30, 40, 50, 60, 20 years that we've been walking on the planet, conscious of our steps, our footfalls. And we talked yesterday as well about brain hijacking the spirit, the body. Can the brain hijack the spirit? Well, the brain can certainly hijack our whole lives, can't they? Can't it? It can take us down paths that we find ourselves fighting and backbiting and gossiping and, and causing more separation on the planet rather than less. Yesterday, there was a landmark decision at the U.S. Supreme Court, love wins, I call it, <laughs> where they ruled for gay marriage right from coast to coast. And so, you know, is that a big deal? Well, I think it kind of is a big deal for for a lot of people. Can you imagine still living in this day and age, unable to marry whom you choose to marry? Like, it's bad enough when we have to deal within our families with people who judge us and with people who say, well, you know, I don't accept him as a son-in-law or, you know, she's been divorced before and, and she's got kids that I don't like and so on and so forth. So, yeah, love wins. And it's wonderful to see that that ruling came down and, and now they can bicker and backbite about it, but it exists. And so when I say love wins, what does that mean exactly? Well, that means that we stand before God or you're a God of your understanding and we say that I love this person and I pledge my my life to this person. I pledge that I will stand by this person until death do us part. And certainly I've been divorced before, and yet I know the difference now. I know that my husband and I will be together until death do us part. It occurred to me yesterday that my last breakup was my last breakup. (laughs) And, you know, I get a little worried at times when I allow the brain to hijack my spirit. I get a little little worried about, you know, what if my husband does (laughs) do us part by by dying and and I have to stay on the planet without him. But I, I set that aside and I realized, well, you know, that's a different kind of pain, isn't it? It's a kind of pain that I've never experienced before. So we'll cross across that particular bridge when we come to it. But with regard to the breakup pain, you know, my last breakup was my last breakup. And I remember it was devastating. It was very tough. And and I had deep love for this person, but I knew that the, it was just not right for me. And as wonderful as he was, and, you know, a good-looking, handsome guy, and, and there were many things about him that just made my heart go pitter-patter. But I knew that it wasn't the right place for me. And yet... I couldn't leave. I was ready to just lay it all down just the way I did (laughs) in marriage, don't I? I just lay it all down and I'm like, I am in love. There's nothing else I can do. Well, maybe there is something else we need to do when we are in love. Maybe we really do need to take spiritual stock as well, don't we? Of where we are, what we're doing, who we're doing it to, and how we're doing it. And I'd always like to say, you know, we need to place our kids first. As much as I look now at making my children as healthy as they can be, my children are grown children and they are still suffering from the wounds that they suffered as children because of my choices, simply put, because of my choices. And we can tell ourselves, you know, like I live in a cordial relationship with my children's father and, and you know, we, we, we get along in that sense and we see one another, you know, a family engagements or when 
I'm going up to where he lives, and now my son has bought a house there. I, we, my son and I, we go over and see him, and we visit a bit. But that does not change the pain that the children go through when their parents divorce. Divorce is divorce. Those parents are still not living under the same roof. And, you know, make no mistake, I lived under the same roof roof with my parents all the years growing up. I finally left that tortured roof, (laughs) that tortured house when I was 19. And, you know, I had no intention of going back. I, I felt my childhood had been spoiled. My teenage years were a battleground. And I mean battleground in a big way. I'm talking Holocaust. And when I finally became old enough to leave, I left. And it becomes tough, doesn't it? So what I'm saying here is, how do we live in a healthy fashion? How do we live in a spiritually healthy fashion? So that our physical body is healthy as well, and our emotions are healthy. And we are bringing these children up in a healthy environment. Because unless and until we do, that we are leaving scars on those children's hearts that they will carry until their deathbed. And so make no mistake, you may look into your children's eyes today and say, well, you know, I I fixed the mistakes that I made earlier by, but we need to stop making those terrible mistakes. And so take stock of your life, look around and say, what in my life needs to change now? What path am I walking down? And maybe you visited the podcast episode yesterday about getting hijacked and maybe you you are stopping now and taking a look at how you're acting and reacting and take a good hard look at it because you need to see where you are and where you are not. Where would you like to be? Where do you imagine yourself being? What is, we'll call it the perfect home for you. And I'm not talking about bricks and mortar. And I'm not even talking about money in that sense. I'm talking about what gives your soul and your spirit joy. What helps you to understand that you're ready to wake up in the morning and you're ready to get at it again and it actually makes you younger while you're doing it, just as these podcasts do for me and my husband who's now, you know, retirement age, 65 years old, sitting upstairs right now with the headphones on listening to his soil biology course and he'll he'll do his exam today and we are so far from retiring, I don't even know that we know what retirement is. And certainly, you know, when my husband gets to the place in life where he can have more freedom to do what he wants to do, he will certainly be doing more of what he's doing right now on Saturday morning, <laughs> listening to soil biology and following down that path because it brings him joy. And it brings me joy watching him do that because I know that it feeds the planet and it's completely organic and lists all the reasons why, but I know that everything about it lifts our spirit as one spirit. And so it goes with these podcasts as well. I know that everything about them lifts one spirit. And so what are you doing, even just within your own family, your own family unit or your workplace? I have a niece who works with homeless people. And that is certainly lifting one spirit, isn't it? I can't imagine when I see her posts in the wintertime on Facebook, minus 25 in Canada, and we're not even talking about wind chill. And, and the pla- the particular place that she works at doesn't open until 8 o'clock in the morning. And I guess there are other services that are open through the night, but hers doesn't open until 8 o'clock in the morning. And she, she said something about, you know, my friends, my buddies, I hope that you were well last night. I hope that you had blankets. And she was getting the blankets out and having them readied for her friends, her buddies coming coming to the door at that hour in that state. And certainly that is lifting all of one spirit, isn't it? And so what are we doing? What are we doing today that lifts all of one spirit? And we can bring it down even to a smaller, finer focus just within your own home life. 
or your own homeland, I almost said, even even closer still than homeland, your own home life. What are we doing that doesn't hurt one spirit? Let's try and do that because so many of us are leaving footprints across the planet that are damaging, that are devastating. And as much as we try, as much as we try to tell ourselves that we are loving and that we have our best interests at heart and our friend's best interests at heart, do we really? I have another good friend who I've never actually met, but I know who it is on Facebook. And and I see him and he's very involved with what happens on the planet. But almost every single post I see is so negative. And and he he raises consciousness in a sense, but in another sense, all, all I begin to see is hate. And so I had to unfollow for a period of time. And then I popped in yesterday to just see how he was doing, see where we are on the planet. And there was that great landmark ruling yesterday. He had a fairly uplifting post about that, and there was a lot of talk about that. But there must be some way to help to raise us on the planet from the devastating things we do to one another that is not hateful itself. How do we stand as an example, standing through the wounds that we've suffered and the wounds that we've caused? How do we stand to say, okay, you know what? I've moved into spirit now. And do it sooner rather than later because those kids are watching. Teach them by example. Move into spirit now. Help them to see spirit in you. And look for spirit in them. Look into their eyes. Have some kind of a conversation with them. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're 5, 15, 25, 35, 45. I don't care how old your children are. Make a point to have some sort of conversation with them and make it, the, make it an ongoing conversation about spirit so that they begin to understand that there is more to them than body form, mind, emotion. And even if you are church going or, you know, you're, you're good Catholics, they, they go to a Catholic school or, you know, whatever that is, if you've got some sort of religion in their life, I'm talking about where is their spirit within it? How do they envision it? How do they see their one spirit view? What is that to them? What is the God of their understanding? And is it a cruel God? Is it a loving God? Is it a God that participates with them on them on a day by day basis? Is it a God that listens? And I'm even going to blaspheme by saying, is it a God that speaks to them? Is there some sort of link that they have that they feel the love of the divine within their own heart and spirit? Because we don't want to keep living, do we, without that divine love and that divine lifting in our lives? I know I don't, so why should a (laughs) five-year-old? It's not all play, right? (laughs) There's got to be a time in the day when they feel a little bummed out. And who do they reach for? And who lifts them? My wonderful aunt, she told me that she had an experience when she was about five years old. Something terrible had happened to her. My grandmother had taken her her own life a week after my aunt's first birthday, and so my aunt was raised by her grandmother. It was a difficult life for her because they had they were they had very different ideas in those days. Let's say of raising children. Plus, this was a very aged household, right? She was being raised by her grandmother. And so discipline was a little bit different then than we would do it now. And, and when something happened and she, she, my five-year-old aunt went running out of the house and she went to hide and she went to hide under this bush. 
And she heard them looking for her, and she hid under that bush. And she relates the experience to me. She's, she's very Christian in her spirituality. And she relates the experience to me saying, you know, that she got under that bush, and I guess she prayed to Jesus because she had heard something in Sunday school. I don't know if it was Jesus loves me or if it was something in the, the sermon that day, but she had the idea in her mind that Jesus, this 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 spirit form, you know, this, this one spirit, we'll call it spirit form, called Jesus loved her. And so she asked, she tells me that she asked Jesus to look after her because she felt in that moment that no one else would and that no one else did and that no one else does. And so she asked with her little five-year-old being, Jesus, would you look after me? Would you take care of me? And she said she felt, and I remember when I read the Bible, and I read a lot of great spiritual books, the the Bible, the Hindu Bhagavad Gita, the, the Muslim Quran, the I studied the teachings of Buddha, I studied Kabbalah, and you know, I, I followed a lot of paths to find out where they led. And I found that they led to love, and it may not feel that way when you read about them, if you haven't read them yourself, or maybe you even don't even read love in them when you read them yourself, just like that man, that friend of mine who who posts about wonderful things, humanitarian causes, but I, I feel so much hate in so many of the posts. But anyway, okay, so here's my aunt under the, the bush, and she's asking her, her one spirit understanding, Jesus, to to care for her. And she felt she felt the warmth flow from over over her head. She said, from the top of her head, it flowed down over her, her head and over her face, and and over her body. And she talks about it as though it was like warm oil. And I remember reading a story like that in the Bible, and and that was what my aunt felt at five years old. And she swears by it. And she said she just felt the care of Jesus flow over her like warm oil from the top of her head and and over her face and down the back of her over her hair and down over and it flowed and covered her entire body and she knew in that moment that Jesus would always care for her that love wins and still she heard her grandmother and her grandmother's husband calling out for her and looking for her and they they walked right past the bush that she was hiding under and she didn't come out she stayed, stayed right where she was in her little cocoon of care and when she was ready she she talks about how she walked into the house. It was sometime later. She walked into the house and her grandmother was there. And, and she just walked past her grandmother and she walked up to the state table and she carefully lifted the chair because we didn't, we didn't drag the wooden chair across the floor, did we? No. She lifted the chair and she set it out and she got her, her little five-year-old body up onto the chair and she sat there. And nothing was spoken of about what had occurred and and she knew and my aunt knew that she was going to be a good girl because she understood now why she would be a good girl and it wasn't because she was threatened it wasn't because she was beaten it wasn't because she was chased down it wasn't because she the the rule book was you know battered over her head or she was beaten by anything it was because love had won she knew in her spirit at five years old that she had asked to be cared for and loved. And she knew in a way that her body form could understand it, 
that she had received that love. And so I encourage you today, ask. If you don't ask now, ask every day. Ask for the love you need from one spirit and listen for it. Open your entire heart, your mind. <laughs> Sometimes that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Open your mind. Don't let your brain hijack you with all sorts of reasons why it doesn't work and it can't happen. And open your spirit to receive and then listen. Allow yourself to be willing to hear, to feel, to use all of the gifts that you've been given by One Spirit to receive the gift of One Spirit because love wins. And who are we? We are One Spirit. Who are we not?